So we're actually ending our, our first series of the year, and it is called uh, Fresh Start. Yeah, if we could get that up there somewhere, maybe. Woo! That's what it looks like. So as you can see from, from our lovely volunteers who helped, you kind of got a recap of where we've been at. We talked about Paul in the first week. To be able, uh, we were just discussing what that looked like and how he got a whole new perspective, how he got a whole new life change because he met God, right? Then we talked about Jacob, who physically wrestled an angel of the Lord in the Old Testament, which was a big deal because anybody who talked to God directly died. Yeah, pretty crazy. I know that got your attention. Like in the Old Testament, if you were to talk to God, you would die. That's how that was was just structured. What it looked like uh, in the Old Testament law, and um, we're actually going to stay in the Old Testament because we're going to finish out talking about a guy named Josiah. Do you know uh, of a king named Josiah? Anybody ever heard of King Josiah? Anybody ever heard? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so, King, yeah so, so, so King Josiah was, uh, was this king, and we find him just, uh, he does some really remarkable things that we're going to read about. If you have your Bibles, who has their Bibles or carries them or has them on their phone at all? Yeah, well, go ahead and get those out and, and, and turn with me to 2 Kings 22. 2 Kings 22, and it's in verse 18, it's in the Old Testament, it's kind of in the, yeah, already, oh, well, I mean, it's up here, so, if you don't have a Bible, or you don't, I would encourage you to, just so that you can read it, so that I'm not putting up anything, you know what I mean, you don't want me to just be up here talking anything, right, you want to be able to look it up for yourself, right, so, be sure to bring your Bibles, be sure to load it up on your phones, and that way you can follow along and, and get ready, so if you have your Bible and you're there, say there. All right, all right. If you're not there, say not there. Yeah, awesome. Well, if you're not there, that's okay. We have it up here. I say that every week. Um, and uh, man, it's just it's just gonna be a good, 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 good time. So let me just give you some some context. Let me just give you some context behind what's going on here, and then I'm gonna tell you a story before we actually get into reading. I just wanted you guys to be ready and be prepared. So Second Kings is a historical book of the Bible. So you guys like history books? Yeah, that's what this is. That's what this is. It is a historical book of the Old Testament, and uh, it is really just recounting what uh, Israel's history was, what Judah's history was, and, and what was going on in this time, and it highlights all of the kings as they come through. That's why it's called First and Second Kings. It's one book split into two as, as you're trying to learn the history uh, of, of everything. So uh, it, 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 is, it is really the story of these kings who go through uh, throughout their, their reign, and they kind of turn their back on God. Yeah, pretty big. Everybody say, ooh, it's crazy. So they turn their back on God, and they're just constantly doing it, constantly doing it. And finally, finally, it gets to the point that God has determined that he is going to destroy Israel and Judah, the, the two tribes that were split, the God's people that were split up, He's going to destroy them because this is what has to happen. They're just so wicked, he has to destroy them. Luckily, he doesn't destroy things the way he did in the Old Testament now because of the covenant we have in Jesus. Amen. But, but just so you guys know what that was, prophets, you ever heard the term prophet? People who talk about, uh, talk 
on behalf of God. You guys know what that means? Prophet, to be a prophet, to be a prophetess, to be a woman, to be a woman prophet, a women prophet, a woman prophet, right? So, so they would go through and they would encourage kings throughout their reigns, whether they listen to them or not. You guys ever talk to somebody and they don't listen? It's really annoying, isn't it? Really, really annoying. Really, really annoying. And so that's what was going on here. And King Josiah is actually the guy we're about to read. He is the last great king of Judah. And after hearing a prophet, prophetess speak, he changes the direction of Ju- Judah forever. Well, not forever, but just for his lifetime, right? So before we read, I know you guys are there. I know you guys are anxious. Can I tell a story? Can I? Yeah, you like stories? All right. So I was about seven years old. You guys been to McDonald's play places? Oh, man, I love me a McDonald's play place. Dude, they have the little bubbles, you know, the little bubbles that are like two stories up, and you say hi to your parents while they're eating, and they're watching you, waiting for you to be done, and all that stuff. So I was at McDonald's one time, and this isn't a, this isn't a story that you want to, want to live out yourself, okay? I just want to preface it by that, okay? Josh was a bad kid growing up, just letting you know. So uh, so, so you know, you know the slides at the very top of the play places. How awesome it was to go down those slides. So I am, I am, I'm going up. I'm making my way up, and all of a sudden, I get to the to the top slide, and there's a girl, about nine or ten, a couple years older than me, and the wall is here, right? The slide is is here. You can go down, but the wall is here, and she's doing this with her legs, up against the wall. I didn't push her. Hold on, let me finish my story. This is my story to tell. So she's sitting there. So like a good Christian, I say, hey, uh, could you please move? And she goes, <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, it's on. <laughs> oh, it's on. I said, hey, no, like seriously, I'm not joking. Like, could you please move? And she goes, no. <laughs> okay. All right, all right, that's fine, that's fine. So can, can you just like go somewhere else and then you can come back after I go through? I just want to go down the slide. She said, absolutely not. This is mine. She was being a gatekeeper. She was being a gatekeeper. She held her legs there and she was not moving for a second. So I backed up at the end of the, the little hallway and she's standing there and I ran at her as hard as I could. And I grabbed her and we tumbled down the stairs together or down the, down the slide together, and both of our parents were horrified. My mom and my grandma was there. It was after church. Both of our, 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 our parentals were, were horrified because we came out of the slide throwing fists at each other, just going hard. I mean, my first fight was with a girl. I'm just saying I'm not proud of it. I'm not proud of it. Yes, I did win. I did win. Yes. Take that, McDonald's girl. But... <laughs> I say all that to say this. I say that story to say this. Please don't go to McDonald's play places beating up people who are blocking the slides. Just ask them nicely to, to move, okay? I know you guys are still in McDonald's play places all the time. So, uh, But no, I, I say all that to say this, to ask you a question. Before, uh, again, before we get started, have you, ever, have you ever had looked at a situation or looked at something and you've had enough? You have just had enough, you're tired of it, and you're ready for a change. Yeah? Ever had enough? You're just done? Yeah? Well, I say all that to say this, 
I say that story to say this. I let you know about what's going on to say this. Josiah was done. Okay? So let's read about it. You guys, you guys with me? Let's read about it. Let's read about it. 2 Kings 22, 18 through 20. This is what it says. This is what it says. 18 through 20. And, and, and the prophetess, the prophetess Hilakiah, okay, Hilakiah, the priest, that's the priest. There's a prophetess there as well. And she is talking to Josiah because he wants to inquire of the Lord. That's what it says there, to inquire from the Lord. Because prophets, hey, guys, can you please stop clapping? Thank you. So she wants to inquire from the Lord because prophetesses were able to talk to the Lord. So she's saying all this stuff. She's letting him know what's happening. But then she says here in 18, she says this. This is the main gist of what she says without all the details and things like that. But it says this. Tell the king of Judah, that's Josiah, right, who sent you to inquire of the Lord. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says concerning the words you have heard, okay? Verse 19, because of your heart was responsive. And you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I had spoken against this place and its people, that they would become a curse and be laid waste. That means destroyed, right? Just completely destroyed. Because you tore your robes. That was a thing that Old Testament people did. They tore their robes and, and they just wept for, b before the Lord. So he did that. That was his response. Because you did that. And you wept in my presence, I have heard you, declares the Lord. Therefore, I will gather to you your ancestors, and you will be buried in peace. Your eyes will not see all the disaster I'm going to bring on this place. So they took their answer back to the king. We have more to read, but I want to stop there. Because here, here's, here's the gist of what's going on here. Judah has completely turned their backs on, on God. Completely. Their churches are actually worshiping false gods. Their, their temples are actually worshiping false idols. That would like be coming be, to, to come into church on a Sunday, right? Think of how crazy this is. To come into a church on Sunday and worship Buddha instead of Jesus. That's what was going on. Is that not crazy? If you guys were to come in here on a Sunday or a Wednesday and hear us worshiping Buddha, would you not be like, uh, I'm getting out of here? Yeah? Absolutely. Right? So that's what's happening. And, and, and this, is the, this is the first thing before we even, just, just to set the tone for, for where we're going here, I want to, to have this first point before any of this, and that is this, to humble, humble yourself. Everybody say, humble yourself. Oh, y'all just use that to talk. Say it loud and proud. Humble yourself. All right, all right. I like that. You see... You see, after all of this stuff going on, the prophetess talks to Josiah, and she says, hey, man, you guys have been acting crazy. This is what's going to happen. God is going to destroy the people of Israel, the people of Judah, because you guys have been acting wicked. And he responds in utter humility. He sees this situation, and he humbles himself, and he humbles himself considering the history of, of Judah abandoning the covenant, right? That's what Old Testament was, was a covenant. You guys know what a covenant is? Starts with a P. Starts with a P. It's a, it's a, huh? Yes, it's a promise. Good job, Micah. Come on. It's a promise. You guys with me? I feel like you guys are a little distracted, but that's okay. I'm going to keep going, and I hope that you guys are just listening. Thank you. 
Thank you for taking notes. So see, check this out. God wouldn't change his punishment because of what Josiah did, right? He wouldn't change his punishment. He was still going to punish the people. But what does he say? What does the prophetess say through, uh, or God say through the prophetess? He says, I'm going to make sure that you are spared from, from witnessing any of this. Humility has the opportunity for us to be able to kind of escape. You see, despite the period of kings who didn't listen to God, they didn't listen to prophets, Josiah decides that he's not only going to tolerate, not only going to tolerate prophets being around, but he's actually going to listen to them. Because in that time, kings all the time would keep their prophets around, and they would say, this is what the Lord says, and they would go, no, he doesn't. I don't like that. Get out of here. So they would keep them around, but they wouldn't listen to them. So this idea that Josiah is not only tolerating prophets and prophetesses, but he's actually listening to them and taking and obeying what they say because it comes from the Lord, he's just completely acting in humility compared to the other leaders that came before him. And this is where I want you to, to understand this, this point of being humble and uh, humbling yourself. It is the key, this is important, it is the key in your spiritual growth, personally. You see, Josiah had a sincere repentance about him. When you tore your clothes, that was like, that was the ultimate sign of, I am sorry, I am repenting, I am turning away from what we were doing. You know? That's what, he, that's what he's doing here. And it brought on a form for him, it brought on a form of salvation, Right? brought on a form of salvation. It brought on a form of him being saved away from the situation that, that Judah and Israel was going to have to go through. You guys following me here? So, so God was still going to destroy the people because that's the punishment that they earned. And back in that time, you had to pay for your punishments. Thankfully, we don't have to anymore. But Josiah, but Josiah because of his humility, got a chance to escape that. Right? So what does that mean for us? What does that mean for us? Well, we have an inevitable judgment as well. It's the same way that God was going to destroy Judah in that time. And he said, hey, there's no, no stopping it. I have made my decision. I'm going to destroy this place. I'm going to reign. I'm going to make sure that, that they know that I am God. How many people know that Jesus is coming back again? Do you know that? If you don't, I'm telling you. Jesus is coming back again, and I'm not making that a service. I'm not making that like a rah-rah, everybody needs to repent or you'll go to hell, but it is a very true reality that there is an inevitable judgment that comes. And when we have Jesus, when we have Jesus and we hum humble ourselves, we experience that humility under Jesus, we get that salvation as well. You making sense? So the same way that, that Judah and, and, and Josiah said, hey, we're going to humble ourselves and escape this judgment for this period of time, we can do that same thing through Jesus, okay? I want you guys to know, humility is key. You guys struggle with listening to your parents? Do you guys struggle with it? I struggle with it. Uh, if, you ever, if you ever go out uh, on, a, on a lunch uh, with me or you ever... Uh, hang out with me or, or whatever, and you ask stories, I'll be more than willing to share, but, but please don't model it. Um, please, don't, please don't model what I did. I'm not proud of it. I was a full-blown punk with my parents. 
my parents are probably listening to it. We have podcasts now. I don't know if you know that, but they're cheap plug. But mom, yeah, we have podcasts, like audio podcasts, like people can hear it. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. So, so my mom and dad are probably listening to this, and they can attest to it. Like, yes, this dude was a punk. He was just absolutely crazy. You see... I would constantly get in my parents' face about things. I would constantly just disrespect them. I didn't care what they had to say to me because they didn't know anything, right? How many people have been there? Yeah? It's not a fun place to be. It's not a fun place to be. I never really, I never really did, especially from the time I was 14 to about 17 or so. I just, I just never really got it. But then, but then adulthood hit. Yeah, adulthood hit. You see, what happened with adulthood is, is some of you guys will experience it. Some of you guys already have turning 18. But adulthood will make you go, hey, my parents weren't all that dumb. My parents actually kind of knew what they were talking about. And they actually were kind of saying some pretty good things that, that, that really was there. And even if it's not a parent, maybe it's a mentor. Maybe it's a teacher. Maybe it's somebody who's just invested in you. Yeah, and, 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 and that's what, what it is, man. I, I look back now at certain situations that I would never tell my parents or never want my parents' opinion on. I talk to them all the time now about things. And it's the same way. Like, like I had to come to them. I had to come to them with humility. I had to come to them and say, hey, listen, I said that I didn't need you or I didn't want you involved or, or in, you know, affecting my decision making. But it turns out I do. That's a humility. Uh, that's a, that's a, a place of humility that you have to, to come to sometimes. But I now see, I now seek their advice. I'm able to, to be uh, just soaking up what they have. Because that's going to eventually lead to my personal growth, right? It's the same way with, it's the same way here. When you experience humility, when you practice humility, right? When you practice humility, God is going to be able to show you and teach you and mold you and, and, and correct you and bring just some really cool stuff in your life. Are you guys tracking with me? You guys tracking with me? Okay. Awesome. Well, let's keep reading real quick. Only four verses. Uh, and it's in the next chapter, in, verse, in chapter 23, it's the first four verses. This is how he responds. This is how Josiah responds. He says, the king called together all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem, and he went up to the temple of the Lord with the people of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests and the prophets. All of the people, from the least to the greatest, read in their hearing all of the words of the book of the covenant, which is the Pentateuch, first five books of the Bible. They had just found it. That's the whole reason Josiah was doing what he was doing, because he first read the Bible, first read the, the, the first five books. That's what this was. And, and, and it was the book of the covenant, which had been found in the temple of the Lord. Verse three, the king stood by the pillar and renewed the covenant. What is that word again? It starts with a P. Covenant. Promise. He stood and renewed the covenant in the presence of the Lord. To follow the Lord and to keep his commands, his statutes, and his decrees with all of his heart and all of his soul. Thus confirming the words of the covenant written in this book. Then, then, all the people pledged themselves to the what? To the what? Last word here? To the covenant. And here's what it says in verse 4. And this is where it gets kind of crazy. And I won't read the whole thing. I'll just kind of explain it. But... The king ordered Hilkiah, 
right? The, 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 uh, uh, the, the priest, right? This high priest that's with him. Yep, the high priest, the priest next in rank, and the doorkeepers to remove from the temple of the Lord all the articles for Baal and Asherah and all of the starry hosts. He burned them outside of Jerusalem in the fields of the Kidron Valley and to the ashes of Bethel. Now, he goes on to straight up wreck this entire temple. I mean, and not wreck it in, in a bad way. He clears this thing of every single thing that is defiling the, 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 the house of the Lord. Because that's, that's what that was. The temple was our equivalent to, or was their equivalent to a church. Right? That was where they got a chance to, to meet God and to, to, to worship him. And it was only a select few people. I know we talked about that before. But, but Josiah has that response. He has that response to, to, what, to what is going on in, in this situation. So first, you have, to, you have to experience that humility. You have to humble yourself the same way Josiah did. But then, but then, but then. In order to have this fresh start the same way that we, we've been talking about this entire time, you have to do this. You have to rebuild the temple. The same way, the same way that Josiah went through and said, no more of this. I'm clearing all of this stuff out. I'm clearing all this stuff out. We have to do the same stuff. You see, like I said, the temple, the destruction and the desecration of it was just rampant. They did not care that it was a temple, that it was a holy place, that it, that it was sacred to God. Josiah oversaw the public denouncing of the forms of worship, right? So, so he was able to see all of this stuff and say, hey, we're not doing this anymore. He, de- he demanded it. He declared it. He took all the people and said, hey, no more of this. No matter what had been happening and for how long, things can be broken and change with one person who's willing to stand up and make it happen. Josiah was clearly moved by the scriptures because that's what it says. He reads the scriptures, and that's what sets forth this entire thing. He was clearly moved so much so by God and by scriptures that he makes this, 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 this urge and this, this demand to rebuild the temple. To rebuild the temple. And likewise, likewise, where does this match up for us? Well, have you ever heard the scripture, your body is a temple? You ever heard of that? Now, I'm not saying don't get tattoos or, or don't get ear piercings or, or whatever. That's totally up to you. I'm not, I'm not here to, to, to preach against that or to, to, to say against, you know, against any of those things. But what I am saying is whatever is affecting your body that's causing it harm, Whatever is affecting your mind that's causing it harm, whatever is affecting your emotions that can be causing it harm, I don't know what that looks like. But what I am here to tell you is that whatever it is, it can be broken off and it can be replaced with what God has for us. Amen? Amen? So in the same way that Josiah came through and cleared this temple of all of the junk that was there, all of the nasty stuff that just desecrated and defiled defiled the temple, all of it, he cleared it all, we can do the same. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what that looks like for you. For me, for me, again, I'm just going to tell you another, another story, and, and, and I'm thankful that God has came through and changed me here, so please don't think like, oh my gosh, my pastor is a horrible person. Like, he's just this horrible, just thank you, thank you. I'm not looking for like that, but, but thank you so much. It means, means a lot. I'm not here to toot my own horn. I, it, listen, let me tell you. 
Let me just tell you, when I was your age, when I was 16, 17, 15, I had tons, tons, tons of anger. Tons of anger. I was impatient. I was angry. I was, like, just vulgar. Like, that's who I was, right? That was who I was. I didn't care uh, about what that made me look like. I just knew that that's who I was. And here's the thing. I come from a family that, that kind of is just, we, we kind of poke at each other a lot, right? I come from a family, uh, maybe you guys can relate. You guys ever been in a family where somebody's crying all the time at a family function? There's always one person who's crying somewhere, and it's, and it's something that somebody did. It's like your aunt is yelling at your cousin, and you're in the middle of it, and you're like, please stop. I don't want this. Like, right now, like, please stop. Sometimes it's you. I don't know. That's where I kind of come from. Like, we just kind of function uh, in unresolved and, and anger. And I'm not saying that, that to say uh, that, that we, you know, are unhealthy by any means. I'm just saying that's kind of how we function, and we kind of learn how to deal with it and find our own ways to, to, to cope with it. But... What I found as I grew is you can't live life with so much anger, and you can't live life with so much impatience, and you can't live life with all of this stuff that's in your, in your heart. You have to go through, and you have to say, hey, listen, God, I, I want to give you this, and I don't want this anymore. Guys, anytime you go to the Lord with whatever it is that you want to give up, that is some form of rebuilding the temple. That is some form of being able to take uh, uh, the things that are in your heart, the things that are in your mind. Sometimes it's your body and just being able to say, hey, listen, I give this up to you and I want you to have it. You guys making sense? Am I boring you at all? No. (laughs) Somebody said, yeah, it's okay. It's fine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So I'm going to wrap it up here pretty soon. There's this last last thing of this entire series, and I think that it's so cool that it closes this series, but I really want you guys to to grab onto this. Don't let yourselves be underestimated for your age. You see, Josiah, uh, how many people know the, the story, the Sunday school story of King Josiah? Do you know how old he was when he became a king? Anybody know? No. Mm, close. He was eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he became a king. Look, he became a king at eight. Crazy. Crazy. That's what happened. Eight. Eight years old. And then, and then he began to give his heart to the Lord at 16. And then all of this stuff that we just read about and we just saw happens at 26. That's still pretty young, right? Yeah? 26 is still pretty young. Okay. Oh, kind of? Man, I'm close to 26. I'm like two years away, so that's really, whew, all right. All right. You see, here's the point that I want you guys to know. Josiah was super young, and a lot of people looked at where he was at, I'm sure, being led by an 8-year-old, 9-year-old, 10-year-old king. You go, man, this is, this is, no, nah, this ain't working. This ain't working. This ain't, this ain't it. I'm sure a lot of people, when he decided that he was going to change, when he decided that he was going to change and, and th- that Judah was going to start worshiping the Lord, I'm sure a lot of people looked at it like, yeah, right. Uh, we've been doing it this way for so long, man. How could we possibly go back to the way that it was? I'm sure they looked at him as this 26-year-old uh, dude and said, ah, no, nah, man, we're not really going to follow this. But, but he was so passionate 
He was so passionate that in the same way that Moses and Joshua were the mediators between God, you know how we were talking about Moses, referencing Moses, and how he literally had conversations with God. Joshua did the same thing, right? Like, that's what he did. And and after Joshua, there really wasn't a whole lot of, of kings. There were some here and there who really listened to God and talked with him. None of, there were a lot that had nothing to do, had nothing to do with him or didn't want anything to do with God. But I love this so much, that God uses young people throughout all of Scripture. And it's another example of him using this young 26-year-old man to be able to change the trajectory of not only his life, but just the region and, and the area for, for this certain amount of time. Like I said, God's judgment was still coming. It came later on after Josiah had passed away. But for this time, he responded accordingly, and God blessed him for it and blessed the time period for it, right? And so I'm, I'm sure if you read this story without hearing how old Josiah was or knowing how old Josiah was, you probably would have said, hey, this was an old guy who was, who was very wise and, and knew the direction that he was going to take him, right? Am I the only one who would read this story without the age and think that, that he was an older guy who had a lot of wisdom? Yeah? Okay. Cool. I'm sure a lot of people would think that, but, but it's not, and that's what I love about this story. You see... It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what kind of situation that you're going through or that you're, you're facing. It doesn't matter that, that uh, you know, it doesn't matter what, what, your, what your history says, what your family history says, what other people are saying about you. It doesn't matter. You have the ability to go to the Lord and to partner up with him and to, to be able to, to change the trajectory of not only your life but the people around you as well. Do you guys believe that? you guys believe that? You see, you can go to God and change the course of everything in the same way that Josiah changed the course of Judah. Age and experience. Age and experience have nothing, they have nothing to do with it. So here, here's what I want to let you know as we, as we kind of close out and we kind of uh, just, just reflect on this. If you partner up with God, if you draw close with God, He's going to draw close to you, and things are going to start working. Things are going to start moving. But you have to draw close with him. You have to get in there with him, and you have to be able to, to pay attention and, and, and not take it, uh, you know, as a, as a half-hearted thing. You have to take it serious, you know? Am I making sense? Making sense? Awesome. You see, this whole story can be summed up in three words. Repentance to revival. Repentance to revival. Say it with me. Repentance to revival. You see, anytime you act with a repentant heart, you're able to come to the Lord and say, hey man, I'm sorry for the way that I've been acting. I'm sorry for what's going on. I want to give you my heart. There will be some sort of revival personally and in your community and in those who, who you're around. Amen? Amen. Hey, let's go to the Lord in prayer right now and just, and just be, begin to, to seek out what, what he has as we begin to, to prepare ourselves to go back into a time of worship and, 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 and just seeking after him. And so 
with every head bowed, every eyes closed, if, if, if this story has, and this series has given you this, this perspective on what people can do when they interact and encounter God in a real way, despite what they were doing before, despite their past, despite where they were headed, they had encounters with God that were super close. Paul had an encounter in Damascus that was super close with the Lord. He literally saw Jesus in a vision. You have Jacob, who, like I said at the beginning, wrestled with an angel of the Lord, which in that time was certain death. That's exactly what that was going to be. If you even went into the presence of the Lord, you were done. And he had this encounter and changed his, his, his life. Both of these guys had new names after they left. Saul was Paul and Jacob was Israel. Changed the entire trajectory of their life and, and what God was going to do. And then in this story, we see this people who were wicked and vile and corrupt. They were ready to, to be just done with God. They were walking away with every single step. But then there was this one king who found the word of God, found the Pentateuch, the first five books that we read. And he said, no, no, I'm making a stand. We're not going to do this anymore. We're going to serve the Lord. He went through and he cleaned out the temples. He cleaned out the temple. So tonight, if you're sitting here and you're saying, hey, man, I've been here for three weeks, or maybe this is my first night, and I'm hearing this, and, man, I want a fresh start like these guys. I want a, an encounter with God like these guys had. I want to be able to experience God in a way that I haven't before. If that's you, would you raise your hand? If that's you, I want to experience God like I haven't before. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. You guys can put your hands down. Maybe you're here and this is the first time you've even heard of God and heard of like this, this Christian thing. Maybe you didn't know that Jesus died on a cross and that we get to have a relationship with him. Let me tell you something. He loves you so much that he would send his son to live a life for 33 years and die on a cross for your sins, carrying all of our sins. That's what God did for us so that we could have a relationship with him. So if that's you, if you've never made that decision, you want to, you're saying, hey, I want to give God my everything. I want to make sure that he has my heart. If that's you, would you raise your hand? If nobody, nobody looking around, nobody seeing. It's awesome. That's awesome. Amen, amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. Just continue to, to keep an attitude of just reflecting on this stuff as, as I pray. Father, Lord, we... We thank you for the words that you have given us. We thank you for fresh starts. We thank you for the ability to have encounters with you that change everything. Encounters with you that truly begin to just move the atmosphere, Lord, in ways that we could never imagine. So, Father, I pray right now for each and every person here who does not know you. As their personal Savior, they have no relationship with you, Lord. I pray that you would meet them right now you would begin to stir their hearts so that when they come up to the front in worship the same way we do, that, that even though it's slower songs and it's more intimate, Lord, they would still be able to see you. Father, that they would be able to encounter you, that they would be able to, to draw close to you and you would draw close to them and let them know how much you love them. Father, I pray for those who are begging for fresh starts. 
They are begging for those encounters. They are begging for that road to Damascus experience, that wrestling match that we were talking about, that rebuilding of the temple. They are begging for that in their souls. Lord, I pray right now that you would meet them here, that they would be able to to just set themselves up for what it is that you're wanting to do. Lord, I pray that right now hearts would be, be changed hearts would be turned to you the same way that that Josiah was able to lead uh, this 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 period of time where so many people would turn to the Lord for this for the short period of time Lord let let us do that let us be that 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 youth ministry that turns our hearts to you and we believe that it'll grow because of it we believe that you will you will meet us here and you will you will just outpour your holy Spirit on each and every one of us man we thank you, Lord. I pray that each and every one of us would take this time seriously. We wouldn't be distracted by what's going on. We wouldn't be on our phones. We wouldn't be talking with each other, but we would be just focused on you. Just focused on you, Lord. I pray for an engagement with you and your Holy Spirit in ways that we haven't before. And I pray your blessing over each and every one of them. I thank you for each and every one of them. Thank you for, for who you are and what you've done. Thank you for this word. Thank you for this series. Thank you for, for, for just everything that you are, are doing here and, and, and being here for. We love you. We love you. And with every second that we have, we want to just take to worship you. So, Lord, that's what we're going to do right now. That's what we're going to do right now. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen.